0: Welcome, everyone. We're about to begin. Best is Hashem, BPW, number 39. That's Bayez Pnimi, uh, sheer number 39 for women. We are in the PDF going through a hundred ways that you can love your husband in his way. This PDF was originally, and it's written for a husband, a hundred ways to love his wife her way. And um, we gave Shiorim on by spending men's side, talking extensively about this particular PDF with all these wonderful concepts here and how to practice it. And uh, it's equally important for the wives to practice it. And if they do it together, it could do wonders. Even if one of them does it, it could do wonders, but it's, of course, better if they both do it. So the next one, we're on page 43, In the last six to the bottom, this one is very, very uh, important. To treat him as if God has stamped on his forehead, handle with care. We spoke about it on the husband's side and elaborated there how important it is to realize that his wife is a soul, a human being, and to be delicate with her and to handle her with care. Now, when it comes to the other way around, sometimes it's harder to feel this way, especially stereotypically, where a man is usually, in a stereotypical way, more um, confident, perhaps more macho, more, um, you know, not showing vulnerability, being tougher. And sometimes you think about if, with certain husbands, certain men, where they're powerful businessmen, tough people, and you know, you tell you, you have this idea of thinking to have the head that they have stamped on their forehead. God is telling you to handle him with care. You know, sometimes you you just like you know, yeah, right. You know, he doesn't need to be handled with care. You could shake him around and he'll be fine. But as Rapam said. Many times, and I still remember it, from many, many years ago. And when he was talking, Parshas Chayasar, he used to talk about Shaduchim and Shalom and he dealt with a lot of sh- Sholem bayis issues issues um, that people came to him about. And ultimately, he said, people are sensitive. And he expressed this, that people don't recognize how sensitive people are. And people that may have an external toughness about them and they seem to handle things very very well they're able to cope very very well some stronger type personalities where it seems like they're made out of iron that the arrows get shot their way and it just bounces off like duck duck uh water off a duck's back like it doesn't affect them um they have more stamina they can handle stresses in life they're like military people tough tough but the reality is is beneath it all, there's a softness there. There is a humanity there. There is something very sensitive in them that they need that care and that affection. And it's really very calm sometimes with some men. You could see it clearly. Some of your husbands, it's clear how they need that affection and that warmth. Sometimes it's less apparent. Sometimes it seems very even dormant. But they are sensitive creatures, whether they want to admit it or not. And to handle them with care, meaning is to watch your words with Ignace Devaram. It goes both ways. Just like he has to be very careful, excessively, extra careful. The word excessively is wrong. He needs to be extremely careful um, of, of his wife's um, emotions because she's very sensitive. And it is true, generally speaking, women are more sensitive. That comes from the beingness, Sarah, and perception that they have. That they have that empathy and that caring, and they're more easily hurt. But the truth be told, husbands could be very, very hurt too. Even the ones that have st- tougher exteriors, the one that could wound them the most is a is a wife. If the, she's not careful in the way she talks to him, and if she's rough with him, um, and um, you know, um, very harsh and critical, it really hurts him deeply, whether he acknowledges it or not so when you look at him and realize that to you he is your husband and he's a soul and there's a sensitive side to him he needs to be handled with care and with sensitivity that helps tremendously the next thing is getting rid of habits that annoy her or that annoy him and basically this is a matter of looking oneself in the mirror in other words when you know, we all know, that we have habits that are not healthy or drive our spouses off the wall crazy. And we know, and deep in our hearts, that we need to fix that habit, not necessarily just because it's driving our spouse crazy, but because we know in ourselves that it's a habit that we need to work on and correct So whether your husband tells you about it or doesn't tell you about it, sometimes there is a resistance when your husband tells you about a habit that annoys him or upsets him, and he expresses it to you. And to be fair, he may not express it in the right way. He needs to be more sensitive in the way he expresses it to you, and he he did it in a very insensitive way. And it's understandable that you'll be upset at him if he's already uh, trying to express something he a habit that he doesn't like within you to say it in a soft, sensitive, uh, respectful way. And you're 100% right. He should do that. But the bottom line is, is that there's a resistance now that, you know, you're telling me something, fix up your own wagon. That's the first reaction. And it's hard. It takes maturity as an adult to realize, yes, whether my, my husband may have, should have said this nicer in a nicer way. Um... And, and 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 should have put it in a better way and was insensitive in the way he worded it. But the bottom line is, is he's right in that habit that I have that is annoying him or is upsetting him. Because I know deep in myself that I need to correct it regardless of whether my husband is or isn't upset about it. Very often, if you look deeply, you'll see that's the case. You'll see that it's the case that a lot of our habits that are negative, it's not relevant really whether it bothers your husband a lot or a little. And of course, if it bothers him a lot, it creates a more deeper rift in the shalom bias. If it doesn't bother him that much, less so. But the bottom line is, if you know yourself, you know yourself whether your husband gets annoyed a lot or doesn't get annoyed a lot, you know this is a habit that you yourself, inside yourself, need correcting. So therefore, it's ultimately the healthiest thing to work on that to correct it. And and why needlessly cause that agmas nefesh to your husband when you know it's something that you, for your own benefit, for your own growth, and what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants for, from you is to correct it anyway. And, and I told the husbands the same thing. It's the hardest thing to look in the mirror. And it's the hardest thing, let's say, you as wise may have been insensitive in the way you told your husband about this habit of his that drives you crazy, and you may have been overly harsh with him the way you presented it but it doesn't mean you're wrong in the fact that it bothers you. You have to learn how to say it sensitively, but, but, but the habit is a legitimate aspect. But with the same idea of what we talk about always, that you're not in trying to fundamenta- fundamentally change your husbands or your wives, which we'll talk about and we have talked about, but there is no question that part of being married and part of working through things is to develop your character and to actually, yes, to get rid of habits that are annoying your husband. Not just because it's annoying is her, your husband, but because you know you have to uproot that bad habit anyway. The next thing is to be gentle and thoughtful to his relatives, her his relatives, her relatives. And it does happen in marriage very often, Baruch Hashem. Beautiful things happen where, where a husband gets very close to some of his wife's relatives, her brothers, her brother-in-laws, uh, and so on and so forth, and to father-in-law, and that's a beautiful thing, and it's beautiful when it works the other way as well, when a wife somehow develops a deep connection with her husband's sister, sister-in-law, mother-in-law, a, a close cousin, a beautiful thing. And what's important is is that if even personalities that seem to clash, that there's sometimes friction, or maybe not even friction, but there's some relatives that you just don't particularly click with so much, you know, but to be gentle, to be thoughtful, to be respectful of each other's relatives. Everyone, not everyone, sometimes people recognize that their own family has their issues, each one to his own family, but Many times you feel your family is the normal one and the one you married into, they're the ones that are nuts. It's a very, very common thing. We have our issues, our family, but within we're, we're in the normal range. While you, the one I married into, husband to wife, wife to husband, goes both ways, you have the nutty family. You have the weird stuff going on. When in reality, it's just a matter that they grew up in a different household. Different means to you, it sounds like they're from Marsh, Martians from Mars. But it's just a different way of doing things. And to be learn how to be gentle and thoughtful of your husband's relatives and the family overall. Understanding you're coming from different places and different perspectives gives you a deeper understanding. And it it, it removes so much agmas nefesh and takes away so many shalom bias problems where you make a decision okay, I don't have to be chummy-chummy with all of my husband's relatives. And there are some that are toxic people that I have to watch watch from. And this is something that if you can't deal with yourselves, you speak to a objective coach, mentor, Rav, if they both realize that either his relative or her relative makes no difference either way, is a toxic personality that you have to be careful how to handle, you ask a shayla on how to handle that particular relative. But for the most part, even if relatives you don't particularly care for or annoy you somewhat or whatever it is or you don't see eye to eye, there are ways to navigate around it by simchas, by other things, to be still gentle, to be thoughtful, to be respective, respectful, and that removes a lot of shalom problems that comes with fighting over his relatives and her relatives and, and, and giving them a hard time creating a lot of agmas nefesh that way. And on the second to the bottom one, on page 43, to thank him for things that he has done without expecting anything in return. This is a very important thing that sometimes is a quid pro quo type of concept in marriage where you're thanking your husband, but with that thanking, you're expecting him to return a warmth to you or a certain favor back to you. And whether it's husband to wife, wife to husband, it's okay to sometimes expect different things from one another and discuss it uh, uh, with each other. That does occur in the marriage relationship too, and it's not necessarily an unhealthy thing. But taken to an extreme, or to always do it that way, is indeed unhealthy, when you're only thanking her or thanking him and only saying kind words because you're expecting something in return. There needs to be, in the dynamic of marriage, a deep, deep friendship where you're thanking your husband for things without expecting anything back in return, to be nice to him when he is not, you're not expecting anything. He's going to shower you with money or a piece of jewelry or whatever it is. And I spoke about this on the husband's side as well. You know, he needs to be nice and friendly and warm and loving towards his wife and especially and even, or especially in the, need a period, knowing he won't get the physical intimacy back in return, but just to be kind for the sake of being kind. Now, it makes sense when it's nights where intimacy is expected or scheduled or whatever it is, to be extra nice. It's just common sense to create that warmth beforehand, to get to that mode of, of, of thought and, and unity of heart. But the bottom line is, is a big chilek of marriage is to thank your husband or your wife for its own sake. I love you and I appreciate you for what you do. And by saying that, you're not expecting gifts. You're not expecting anything in return. Just the genuine expression of love. Help with the housekeeping. Again, this is more the husband trying to help the wife. Um, is, is 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 with that? It could go both ways in some situations. The. Second to the top on page 44, do little things for him, unexpected kiss, uh, coffee in bed, other things like that, to show that warmth unexpected, that affection, does so much for a husband to brighten up his day, to lighten his soul, give him a hug when he least expects it, a warm word, And, and, and that warmth really heals his soul. It really is a healing balm to his soul, especially when he had a rough day. He's supposed to do this for her, obviously. She needs to do it for him. Treat her or him as an intellectual equal. This is also very important. A husband and wife will ultimately have different intelligent levels. There's sometimes that the wife will be a lot sharper and brighter than the husband, and a lot of times sometimes it goes the other way around. It's a zero reflection on what Shalom is can be like. There's so many wonderful couples beautiful couples that they have different intelligent levels or some may be better in iq in one way and emotionally intelligent intelligent the other way the idea being is if you're a mensch to each other you're ehrlich to each other then it could it could it could uh, be a beautiful beautiful relationship and when it says treat her or him like an intellectual equal means that if you know you are much more intelligent in many ways than your husband, it makes no difference. You treat him with respect. And when he says ideas and concepts, even though you seem to have a deeper understanding of things, you take it seriously, you respond in kind with a great respect and great dignity and treat him with a, 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 a warmth, with looking up to him. And this is what true Tzadikim actually did many, many times. I always wondered, you know. I talk about the how Rav Moshe Feinstein Zechut Talik Lavracha was such a tremendous honor, but he knew Tyra like like no like an encyclopedia. He knew everything. And think, imagine like this, you know, a Talmud, even the, a great Talmud Chacham is coming to Rav Moshe, asks him a difficult question on a. Gemara, or whatever it is, Ramayusha in an instant figures it out, and he's 10 steps, 20 steps ahead of this Talmud Chacham, or this great Rosh Hashiva that's with him now. He's 10 steps, 50 steps ahead of him. And nevertheless, Ramayusha, even though he figured everything out and he knows what he's going to say, and he doesn't just dazzle him, and doesn't just shoot an answer, but he goes to whatever the level is of the questioner. Has a warm conversation explaining the Tysis or whatever it is he wants to explain, treats him like an intellectual equal. That is godless. That is true godless. You have a Moshe that could look 50 steps ahead of the of the Tamil Chacham that's asking him or talking to him and learning. And Moshe knows how to treat him with respect as he's an intellectual equal. As if, as, if, as if he knows as much tighter as Ramosha himself knows and interacts with him that way. Because that's what Hashem gave him, and that's the chesed I'm supposed to do, and that's the respect I'm supposed to give. And that's the anivus of Ramosha. And this is very, very important because when someone is gifted with intellectual abilities or some deep common sense or some real smart street smarts, you tend to become arrogant if you have that when your spouse is lacking it. Husband to wife, wife to husband, it makes no difference. If your husband is a mensch and is ehrlich and is trying and he's doing the best he can, the fact that he has uh, uh, whatever intellectual capacity he has, and it may be more limited than yours, to accept it, to love it, and to appreciate it, as long as he's trying to be the best he could be in which he is doing. And that creates such beautiful, beautiful shalom bias. And when you do this, Hashem opens up the door that you actually learn tremendous things from your husband. I learn from everybody. And that's extremely important. Discovering their fears. See what you can do to eliminate their fears. Husbands have fears too, insecurities, and you help that. Then here, this part, we're not going to discuss here because we had earlier Shurim and we're going to have later Shurim on discovering his sexual needs and to talk uh, to, with him about how you can meet his sexual needs and vice versa. We're not going to discuss that over here, but we talked about that in a neistica way, there can have, and it's healthy to have, conversations in this area how each one of you could help fulfill each other's sexual needs, to be open about your likes and dislikes, be open of what you're willing to experiment and try, some things you're very comfortable with, some things you're not that comfortable with, but you could get used to, some things that really bother you, but if the other one really needs it, you could work out compromises of how, when, and what, and talk it over in an open way. We're bringing it up because it's here, and there'll be other shiurim that will talk more at length about this, But this is an important part of married life as well. Bracha and Atzlacha.